Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your girl, Jay Danae here, and I want to welcome you to episode two of Hauptivities. By the way, if you haven't figured it out by now, we are in season three. Season three, which means that there are two other seasons that you need to check out if you haven't already. So head to Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, any platform where you can listen to podcasts, Hauptivities will be right there waiting for you to listen. So please be sure to check that out. I also want to give you guys a warning that I am sitting in my car recording this episode. So if you hear a train riding by or you hear a car, if you hear sirens, people doing stuff outside, just know that I am outside in my car doing what I love to do, which is recording for my podcast. Normally, I would be at my kitchen counter in front of my laptop and my microphone, but because I am in Chicago instead of Indianapolis, I have to do what I can to get my work done. So this is me doing that. As promised, I wanted to, you know, go into a bit more detail um, about some of the things that I covered in episode one. I, again, am super duper excited about being on Hauptivities for another season. This is honestly my favorite podcast out of all the ones that I have. I think it's because I'm able to be real, raw, authentic. I can be vulnerable. I can be petty. I can be mature. I can be whatever I want to be on this podcast because it is mine. And I want to give people a an in-depth view of my evolution and in order to do so you have to be as vulnerable as possible so that's what i'm doing so this episode is about the growing pains of elevation when we hear about elevation when we hear about leveling up when we hear about promotions and glowing up most times you envision reward You think of all of the great things connected to being elevated. Promotions, prospering, new money, more money, more opportunities, new friends, new locations and environments, new doors being opened, just new, 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 all the new, new. But rarely (laughs) do we stop and think about the pain that comes in growing you don't really think about it until you're in it you don't even prepare for the challenges that come with elevation because all you're seeing is that i've worked so hard to be able to elevate that when i get there i'm gonna celebrate and then that'll be it but every level comes with a challenge and i've i've realized this every single time i've elevated into a new season i didn't prepare for it but i knew i was in it once it happened and it wasn't like oh one day here comes the challenge it was just a season of 
hardship that I had to constantly overcome to develop the character and the skills and the perspectives that I needed to develop in those seasons. So one example is when I moved to England in 2018, the process to being able to get to England was hard as heck. Every aspect of preparing for that was hard. Applying for the program was difficult. Proving that I'm an that I am an English speaker was difficult. Getting the money to pay for my room and board was difficult. The money for the deposit for an unconditional offer was difficult. <laughs> getting approved, getting my visa approved was difficult. Getting my my ticket for my flight to England was difficult. Getting to the airport was like everything up until the day I moved to England was difficult. Then when I got there, finding my apartment was difficult. Everything was hard. But once I finally got a chance to sit down, make myself at home, I thought, okay, yes, I've arrived. But then I learned that my communication skills weren't as great as I thought. Me being flexible wasn't as great as I thought. I wasn't as flexible as I thought I was. I wasn't as eager to adapt as I thought I would be moving to a new country. So working in groups when I got when I was in school, working in groups speaking with my professors, responding to conflict. Much of that was hard because I thought I could use my communication skills that were accepted in Chicago and England. But I realized that, oops, the way we talk to each other in Chicago compared to how people speak in England, that's two totally different communication methods. We're very blunt and we speak quickly. We like to hurry up and get through conversations in Chicago. We like to be, we love to approach conflict with aggression in Chicago. We're confrontational in Chicago, but in England, being confrontational is rude. Being confrontational is abrasive. So I had to find, figure out how to communicate what, I felt was concerning in a way that would invite my peer into the conversation um, without them feeling, without the person feeling attacked or feeling like um, he or she is in the wrong. Um, and I realized that after I hurt somebody's feelings, I hurt two people's feelings in my apartment. It was six of us in an apartment. Um, yeah, in an apartment, they call it a flat. I hurt two people's feelings just because I was approaching them about their cleanliness. Was it that was my argument valid? Absolutely. Was my delivery harsh? Most likely. But coming from Chicago, I didn't think that was the case until they told me, oh my God, I feel like I'm being attacked, blah, blah, blah. So I had to shift my strategies around that. And moving forward, I was able to had these hard conversations with these different people without being harsh. 
And I believe that because of that opportunity, I was able to bring that back to Chicago and approach conflict without being harsh. There is a scripture that says, a soft answer turns away wrath. And I carry that with me anytime I know I need to have a have a hard conversation with someone. Am I always consistent? No. But I feel that I'm doing I am I am being calm more often than not. So I thank God again for that opportunity. Another challenge came when I moved to Indianapolis, which was another another form of elevation for me basically a fresh start to be honest but I went into an environment thinking I was going to be in the support role and this is something I spoke about in episode one but I came into the environment thinking I'm going to be in a support role in my job and immediately I was told you're in leadership and I I feel that I didn't take the time to process what that meant. All I did was think about all of the new responsibilities I had, but I didn't think about how I needed to change or shift in my stance. In my stance. And what I mean by that is, I didn't think about how my interactions would need to change, how my presence would need to change, how... I would have to shift in the way that I exerted my authority. All I thought about was all of these new responsibilities and all the things that I would have to do, all the time I would have to spend in work. Like I just thought about how much of being a leader would be a chore. And that's not true. This is supposed to be a learning experience for me, a teachable experience. I am supposed to carry what skills I develop here into my life as an entrepreneur because yes i want to have my own businesses i want i want to build a media uh empire i want to build a media school i want a non-profit i want all of these things that will require me to manage people it will require for me to make sacrifices it will require for me to be flexible and to be able to speak the language of these different environments that I will be in in my future. So I should not have looked at this leadership opportunity as a chore. I should have looked at it as training ground, which I now I now do, but I should have done that from the beginning. So my eureka moment came as a result of a bit of conflict between myself and my boss and my mentor. They see leadership in me and they want to build upon what they see in me. My argument has always been, I'm just being me. (laughs) I'm just being me. What's the problem with this? What's the problem with that? But, the the me that I was trying to be was the the comfortable Jayana, the one that is social and trying to be the homie and kick it and blah blah blah, you know, just being likable and things like that. But does that prepare me for leadership? No. And so 
I've had to have some very hard conversations with myself around what would it look like for me to step into my leadership? Would it come at a cost of my comfort? Yes. Would it come at a cost for my relationships and the friendships I'm trying to build at work? Absolutely. Are those sacrifices worth it though? Yes. Because again, I want my own business. I want to manage people. I want to be impactful in life. I want to be effective in life. I want to be an influencer wherever I go. I want to stand out wherever I go. So yes, I will have to sacrifice some of the things that might have fed me in my past as someone who wanted to remain in my comfort zone. Those things would have fed me back then. But will those things fulfill me when I'm 35 years old looking around in my life wondering why haven't I achieved the goals that I set for myself back in high school? So the pain is there. The grief is there. The grief is in what I, the life I had envisioned for myself prior to coming to Indianapolis. I thought that I would come and work at a job that would be rather easy and enjoyable. I would hang out with certain people and always have a good time and have fun all the time. I would always host parties at my apartment and have a boyfriend and date. And all of it would just be fun, 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 fun. But that's not it. That's not the life that I am supposed to live when I am being groomed for leadership. Sacrifices, sacrifices, sacrifices. I have to grieve the life that I thought I would have. And I have to grieve the fact that I can no longer be the Jayana I've been. Should I be grieving that? Probably not because that's the reason I'm in therapy. I'm in therapy therapy to, to transform. Obviously, I want to be a new Jayana. Obviously, I want to be different and more mature. But I have to come to terms with that the fact that I will be losing some of the things that I kept so close to my heart because I thought those things nurtured my identity. But that's untrue. I am who I am and I will remain who I am even I have even if I have to sacrifice being playful and social and whatever else. <laughs> I have to make peace with the fact that I have to let those things go. And I'm now at a point where I am very much so okay with it. Unfortunately, I am one of those people who it's like I have to be faced with with some kind of obstacle in order to learn of what I need to change. So an example of that is there was this guy I was interested in when I was younger. I and I I, I feel that this goes into this this goes into that category of things that I, I've had, the, the growing pains that come with elevation. Because 
this is something that has been present in every every season of elevation since I got to college. I there was a guy I was interested in, and ugh, I, I hate that I'm saying this because the more I talk about it, the more I'm able to identify where this pattern has been present in every season of my life. I was interested in this dude. Um, he used to secretly like me, secretly flirt with me, secretly do all these things. And anytime I would question him about a relationship, he would say, oh, after I break up with this girl, I'll, I'll date you. So it, it kept happening, kept happening, kept happening. And so eventually I just settled for being his friend, but flirting on the side and canoodling. So years pass, we reconnect, the secret flirting still happening, the secret, all these things still happening. And I finally put a boundary up and the person agreed to respect the boundaries, but still hasn't. So when that happened, I started to grieve because I felt like I'm in this new season. I've elevated. I've glowed up. Why is it still that this kind of behavior is present in my life? Why is it still here? So God invited me. Then God invited me to assess other seasons of my life where I felt like I had elevated, but that behavior was present in my life where someone would come and our interactions in some kind of way would convince me to settle for whatever, because at least somebody was interested, right? I, that happened in grade school. It happened in high school. It happened in college. It happened in grad school. It's happening now. And I had to stop and think, huh, why? Why? The lesson in in that is this. When you don't address something head on, it will reappear in a new form in every season of your life. Whether you are rich and famous or if you are comfortable or if you're stagnant, that one thing that you had not addressed early on in your life will resurface in every season. Every time you glow up, if it's not, if it hadn't been addressed and rectified, it will reappear in your life. I went to England, right? I got my master's. I'm pursuing another master's. I got me a new car. <laughs> I got a new place. I've elevated. I'm good. I've glowed up. I should only be inviting things that are worth my time and things that align with my standards. But, huh, I never addressed the fact that I struggle with putting up boundaries with men that I'm interested in. I struggle with upholding my standards when it comes to a man showing me interest and what that is supposed to look like for me. I struggle with communicating my wants and my needs 
because sometimes settling is easier than communicating your needs and then being rejected or communicating your needs and expectations and them not being fulfilled. So now I'm in that part of my life where I absolutely hate that pattern. I absolutely loathe having to look at myself and wonder what's wrong with me and what's keeping men from wanting to adhere to my standards. What's wrong with me? I'm tired of that pattern. And so now I have to go into a place where I have to address wherever that started, address the root, no matter how hard it is, rectify it and allow my life to reflect the work that I've done internally. That is a growing pain. That is a growing pain. Thinking that because you're in a new place, that some things should should have uh, resolved themselves. Some things should have dealt with themselves so I can enjoy the fact that I've glowed up. But no, no ma'am, no sir. You want to evolve, you want to prosper, you cannot leave anything undealt with. That is a growing pain. So, again, I'm in a, I'm in a, it's like, it's a very complex season. Yes, I have definitely elevated. But some parts of me are arrested. Some parts of me are underdeveloped because... I either ignored certain areas or I suppressed certain areas for the sake of enjoying the new season I've entered into. But what I don't want is for what I don't want is for my my season of elevation to be marked by a roller coaster ride of emotions because the unaddressed areas cause me to be triggered way too much so i have to hide myself in that aspect closing myself off from certain people who trigger certain things that may trigger me so that I can deal with those things head on. And then once God sees fit, I can step back into those places and into maybe into those relationships. But the growing pains of this season of elevation for my life, I don't want to define me. And I also don't want them to intimidate me to the point where I don't invite the new opportunities. So my my hope for myself is that I continue to view myself as an, an investment. That I continue to view my healing journey as an investment. My... My life is 
meant to be almost like a a blueprint for others men and women so I owe it to not just myself but to people who are coming after me who desire to either go into media go into leadership go into ministry whatever they desire to do I owe it to myself and to them I have to deal with these hard things I have to deal with them and I have to overcome them because many are watching and I can say the same to you all. There are people who are watching you, people who are watching your journey and they may not even say it. So if you haven't taken the time to tend to your healing, remember that if you, if you choose to, let these areas be unaddressed unaddressed you're compromising your life you're compromising your future and you're compromising the future of those who are watching you people who are motivated by you and influenced by you you're compromising their future too do you want that kind of blood on your hands i don't you shouldn't So as I've stated in episode one and many times in season one, I invite you to pursue healing because you owe it to yourself to undo the dysfunctions that have developed within you because of situations that were out of your control. You are now in control. So pursue your healing. And don't let up. Don't get comfortable. Let the fire for healing continue to burn in you. So that you will always pursue it. And you'll never feel like you've arrived. Like, oh, I am now healed. No. So, thank you so much for listening. I feel so much better after talking to you all. I hope that today's episode spoke to you in a way that will inspire you to get up and do what you're supposed to do for yourself. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving. So think of all the things that you are grateful for. And think of all the things that you desire to change within yourself and make a commitment to fighting for your transformation. I love you all. Please pray for me as I pray for you.